Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. Two weeks ago, Colin, we started a series that we thought would just last a week, but we've been so enthralled by it that here we are in a third week based on the first epistle of John. We're looking at the relationship between faith, love and also obedience. And we're going to pick it up in the middle of verse 16 of uh, the fourth chapter of John's first letter. Very well-known phrase, God is love. But it's the next phrase that we're going to focus on. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. Now, of course, this is not, let me make very clear, this is not living in emotional love or sexual love or anything like that. It's those who are living in agape love, those who are living in the love of God. Um, those who are expressing that love in obedience to him, that actually the love that God has put into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, as that love flows out of us, so that's the demonstration that God is living in us and that we are living in God. Now, to say that we're living in God and God is living in us means that we are true Christians. We are born again with the Spirit of God living in us. So what John is actually saying is if you are a true Christian, you will live in love. And you will live in a very practical love. Uh, You will live in obedience to God's command to love one another as he has loved us, to love your neighbor as yourself, to love God with all your heart. So love is our motivation. Love is your way of life. Love has to be a way of life. Faith is a way of life. Love is a way of life. And the two go together. The motto of, of kingdom faith is faith working through love. Because we have to walk in love, we have to walk in faith. And the common factor there is the truth. The word of truth, faith in the word of truth. And the spirit of love is the spirit of truth. So if we're living in love and we're living in faith, we're living in the truth. And if we live in the truth, then we live in freedom. So all these things you see belong together. They all flow together in in the scripture. And then John says, in this way, love is made complete among us so that we, well, that means love is fulfilled amongst us, really so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world, now, that is, we are like him. Uh, Jesus came and did love. We've seen repeatedly that he didn't talk love. He did love. He put it in action. So if we truly love, we will do love. We won't talk love. Let us not talk love. We saw that John said earlier, but let us do it in action. So we are like Jesus in the world if we express the love that he has put in us by the Holy Spirit in positive action. 
And then uh, he says that this will give us confidence on the day of judgment. Why? Because each person is going to be rewarded according to what he has done. And so if you know that to the best of your ability you have sought to obey the commands of Jesus, to believe and to love, you're going to have a rich reward on the day of judgment. Remember, salvation is the gift, but reward is what you get in heaven according to what you have done. And there is a very marked distinction in Scripture between salvation and reward. So there is then no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. Now, he's not just talking actually about you know, the normal fears that people have, but fear of what judgment you will get on the day of judgment. If you know you have been living in love, then you've got nothing to fear. There's no fear in love because you know you're obeying the Lord. You know that, that you're abiding in his love because you obey his commands, as Jesus puts it. So perfect love drives out all fear. There's, there's absolutely no fear, either in the present or for the future, if we know that we are seeking to live in love. Because fear has to do with punishment. So if you fear what is going to happen on the day of judgment, you fear that you're going to be punished. Um, in brackets, because you haven't loved or you haven't obeyed. So it's much better, isn't it, to love as Jesus has loved us, to believe him because he commands us to believe, to trust in him, and therefore to obey what he says in his word and by his spirit so that we are confident that we will have a rich reward and we won't need to fear the future or fear punishment or fear judgment. Because, John says, the one who fears is not made perfect, is not fulfilled in love. The, the word here, perfect, complete, fulfilled, uh, you can translate it in, in all those ways. It's very difficult to find an exact meaning in the English to the Greek. But it, 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 it means that you have actually done the business as opposed to just thought about it or talked about it. There's absolutely no room for selfishness in the Christian life, is there? And there's no room for super-spirituality. You hear me say that a lot on this program because that's the thing that undoes so many Christians. They've got all the right language, but they haven't got the fruit. They haven't done the business. They haven't produced the works of love and the works of faith. The works of love and faith don't save you. The blood of Jesus has saved you. But the works of faith and love determine your reward in heaven. Very, very important for people to re realize that. And so I'm helping people by saying these things again and again on this program because, you know, I trust, therefore, that people will be stirred to action. And, and realize, well, it's not enough just to have the right language, to have the right words. So then John says, we love because he first loved us. So all, all 
of our loving and our ability to express that love in positive action is the result of the way in which God has loved us, first of all by saving us, but then by giving us the spirit of love, by giving us the Holy Spirit to live within us. And you see, we can't really, well, we can't love with God's love unless we first receive God's love. So first, we have to let God love us by giving to us what he wants to give, and then we can express that love. Now, remember, as we come to these next verses, what we saw earlier in this um, epistle, that for John, there's love and hate. There's nothing in between. Love is expressing the love of God in positive action. To hate is to deny love or not to do love. It's not to feel venomous hatred towards people. It's an absence of love. So either you love or there's an absence of love. Doesn't he say earlier in the epistle that if we hate, it's like being a murderer? Yes, he does. And he says here, you see, for anyone who does not love his... Well, he says, if anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, yet doesn't express that love in action, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And Jesus said, didn't he, whatever you do for the least of these, my brothers, you do for me, or whatever you do not do for them, you do not do for me. And this is where so many Christians live in unreality. You know, I love the Lord, but there's not the positive action in the way that they love other people. And I've said before in this program that the challenge of this epistle is that it shows you that you can only determine what your relationship with God is really like by the way in which you relate to others. That if you love God, you will love others. And the fact that you love others is the outworking of your love for God. But you can't love God without loving others. This is what John is saying. And you're just fooling yourself if you think you love God, but you don't express that love in practical ways to other people. So, anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command, whoever loves God must also love his brother. So there's no alternative. It's, it's, it's an absolute must. And then, of course, we go back, you see, to faith. The beginning of chapter 5. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. Here's these twin emphases of faith and love coming together yet again. So if you believe that Jesus is the Christ, he is the Messiah, he is God's Son, you are born of God. And if you are born of God, then you have love for the Father. But if you have love for the Father, then you have love for his children as well. In other words, if you are related to every other true believer, every other true Christian. And you have the responsibility to love them and to let them love you. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 